You're listening to a podcast from gravitychurch.com, Lodi, California. For the last several weeks, I've been trying to move my family, keep up with the jobs at work, and put together a skeleton crew to do all the remodeling that needs to be done here all at the same time. And I'm going nuts. I mean, I'm absolutely scatterbrained out of my mind. I have no idea how God can be doing so many different things simultaneously in so many different places all at the same heartbeat, all at the same second. It's mind-blowing to think about. And this morning, we're going to talk about some of the things that God is doing right here in this place specifically for the group of people that God is assembling right here. But in thinking this morning about that, it is so huge that you and I do not lose sight of the fact that God is doing different things in so many different places around the world and so many different other churches with so many other different people groups and with other people that have different types of gifts and different types of approaches and different things. In other words, this is not all that is happening in the kingdom of God. Are we sure about that this morning? We know that this is not all that is going on. So let's pray. Jesus, this morning, we thank you that we get to be a part of your plan. We thank you that we get to play a small part in accomplishing your work, in accomplishing your vision and your heart. We thank you that we get to play a small role in the story of God. And that, Lord, as we find ourselves and the character's that we play, the roles that we play. God, I pray that we would embrace them with a passion. I pray that we would embrace them with all that we are because, God, as we find you, we find ourselves. So, God, be here today and open our hearts, our minds, and our understanding to your truth. And it's because of Jesus we pray. Amen. Gravity Church, those of you that have never been here before, if today's your first day, then you're experiencing something today that has been in metamorphosis, something that has been very much a work in progress, something that God is doing, and there's a lot of changes happening. There's a lot of different things taking place. Just from week to week, things are taking place that are different than the week before. Not just in the building, as you see, we're putting lights up and walls and sheetrock and everything that way, but in the hearts of people's lives. Things are changing. Things are happening. God is moving and God is putting people in different places and a lot of really cool things are taking place and and happening. Today is Sunday morning, around 10.30, 10.45. And we're coming to the end of September, which means that those of you that have been tracking all of the changes that have been taking place since June of this year, you know that God has spoken very clearly that we're going to be start, starting a Saturday night church service. October 3rd is the first Saturday night service that we're going to be having here at Gravity Church. It's only like two weeks away. It's crazy how close it is. And if you think I've been stressed out, you ain't seen nothing yet because the next two weeks are going to be nuts. But anyway, we need your help. So if you know how to paint, please, God, help me. I, you don't want to see me paint. I, anyway, help. Um, Saturday nights are the heartbeat. They are absolutely at the the center, the core of what God is putting together for this group of people. It's absolutely at the core of it. I was down here Thursday night of this week. We were having our first night of prayer. And if you want to participate and help us, 
we believe in prayer. We believe that prayer is where everything starts. We've been praying about this for a year and a half, my wife and I, to see everything that's taking place right now. And every Thursday night, we have prayer down here at 7 o'clock. This last Thursday night after prayer, a friend of mine and I were hanging out on the front steps of the church. We were here until about 1130 at night. We didn't plan to be, but we were just having a good conversation, and God was talking to us. I can't tell you how blown away I was at all of the people that were walking up and down Central Avenue on a Thursday night. Families walking their children and their dogs, mothers with strollers, neighborhood kids. There is life and activity right outside the front steps of this church. And Saturday nights, people, you've got to get ready and open your hearts big because God is going to use you. And it's not going to happen inside of here. It's going to happen right outside there. It's awesome. I was so excited. That's why I was here until 1130 because I just couldn't get enough of how excited I was at what God has been planning and what God is getting ready to do. In two weeks, we're starting our Saturday night services. In two weeks from today, Sunday morning services are going to look a whole lot different than they do right now. This whole plan and this whole thing that God has been putting together is very strategic and is very specific. And in, in two weeks on Sunday morning, if you come in here, it's not going to look like this. We're not going to have a band playing worship. We're not going to be having a formal service going on like this. We're going to be having an intimate setting, a Bible study, sitting around some tables and chairs with an acoustic guitar, talking about God and talking over his word. It's going to be much different than it is right now. The reason I'm telling you this is because some of you in this body, God wants to use for all of the diversity and all of the different doors that he's opening. And you need to prepare your heart right now to say yes to God. Not yes to me, yes to God. Because God is going to begin to speak to your heart about what you're supposed to do and how you can help to begin to implement the plan that God has for this place. So I'm going to lead you in a simple exercise to get you ready. Are you ready? I want you to repeat after me. You ready? Yes. Come on. We can do this. Say it. Ready? Are you ready? Yes. Yeah, it's better. One more time. Yes. It feels good. Come on, one more. Yes. There you go. Say yes to God. Don't harden your heart. Don't sit back with your arms folded and say, well, I don't know if I'm going to like this. I'll see if it's okay with, no. Say yes to God because God is doing something and you have a role to play. Say yes to him. Don't miss out on what God's doing. Don't miss out on the exciting things that God is going to be doing because your story, your life, everything in your life that you've been through, that you want to forget about, that you think, I don't ever want to look at that garbage again, guess what? God's going to redeem it and he's going to use it for his glory and he finds value. He finds value in the hard things that we go through. He finds value in the pain that you and I go through. You and I don't ever want to go through pain. We don't ever want to struggle. But God uses it to put it in somebody else's life. Don't miss out. Say yes to God. So be ready for what's coming. And this morning, we're going to look in God's word. But this Sunday today and next Sunday, what I'm going to share with you is I'm going to share share with you three things that we care about here at Gravity Church. This week, we're going to talk about one of them. And next week, we're going to talk about a couple more. I believe that God has a simple plan, and sometimes we as humans make God really hard, really complicated, but God is a simple God to follow. He loves us. 
He did everything he could to, to get us to connect with him and have a relationship with him. And he wants us to know him. That's as simple as it is. You and I make it really difficult to have a relationship with God. We complicate it with our thoughts. We complicate it with our ideas. We complicate it a lot of times with our interpretation of his very word. But at the core, God is simply wants a relationship with us. So three things that we care about here at Gravity Church. The first one is God's presence. We care about God's presence so much because I believe really that God's presence is at the core of everything that you and I are about if we have a relationship with God. God is first. He's first in our life, and he's first on the list of things that we care about. The next thing that we care about here is we care about conversation. We care about talking. We care about communicating. We care about what it is, not just to have a conversation with God, but to have a conversation with each other. People matter, and we want to hear what they have to say. We believe in conversation. God is first, but others come next. The third thing that we believe in and that we care about a lot here is humility. If there's one thing that I have looked across my entire life being raised in the church world, it's the spirit of pride. I have watched it destroy, destroy church after church after church with good-hearted, well-intentioned Christians who just happen to think they know it all. And that spirit of pride has infiltrated ministries, it's infiltrated congregation, and it's brought nothing but death. We care about humility here. God is first, others are second, but myself comes last. And those are the things that we care about. There's a lot more to it, and there's a lot more that we're going to talk about. But today, we're going to talk about God's presence and what that looks like. Romans chapter 8, if you have your Bible, open it up with me. If not, we have the... the, uh, Scripture up on the screen in front of you. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 says, But you, talking to Christians, you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember, those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them, they're not even Christians at all. Since Christ lives within you, even though your body will die because of sin, your spirit is alive Because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as he raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal body by this same Spirit that's living within you. I don't know if you understand the magnitude of this scripture here. But it literally says that the power that was shown to the world that raised Jesus from the dead. Think about this. He's dead. He's been dead. Three days dead. That same power that caused Christ to rise from the dead is the same power that lives inside of you and me that call ourselves believers. The same power that raises people from the dead is walking around with you and me inside of us. Is that crazy or what? The same power... Where was that out yesterday morning when I woke up? Because I wasn't feeling it. I don't know about you, but I needed a cup of coffee, and I needed, I mean, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives within you and me. That's crazy, but that is true. That is powerful. That's amazing. That's what the Bible says over and over and over. This isn't like I just picked out one little magical verse, and I'm going to build a whole teaching around it. You look it up in your Bible, you'll find this same thing throughout Scripture, that this Holy Spirit lives inside of us. 
Why do you think that is? Why do you think God put his spirit inside of us? Well, I can tell you that it wasn't because he wanted you and I to feel good about ourselves when we came to church. The children of Israel had an experience with God's presence, didn't they? They had to go through a prophet to really talk to God, but they knew that there was a God. They saw his fire in the sky leading them through the wilderness. They saw God's powerful miracles in their life. They knew that God was real. They experienced it up close and personal, but it wasn't living inside of them. Why do you think God wanted to put his Holy Spirit inside of us? I'll tell you what I think. I think it's because Jesus wants to go everywhere that you go. I think it's because he wants his presence to be felt in your life everywhere that you go and in every conversation that you have. God is there. He wants to be a part of it. And he wants to be a part of it so bad that he says, I'm going to live inside of you. You see, you and I have this concept about God's presence that is kind of backwards. We just got done singing songs, right? We sang songs and we opened up our hearts to God. Now, I don't know what you felt, but every week when I do this together with you, I feel something. Some people would say that that's the presence of God. They would say God comes into a building and you feel him in a tangible way, right? Some of you have maybe had those experiences where you're your hair on your arm stands up or you're, you feel goosebumps or you're just like, oh man, I feel something. And you say, that's the presence of God. And I agree. That's you becoming aware of the presence of God, right? That's you tuning in and be going, wow, God, you're really here right now. And I am responding to you in a physical way. I actually feel you right now. That's what most of us, if we use the phrase, I felt God's presence, that's what we're talking about, right? If we're honest, that's, it's like a church experience. It's coming into a corporate environment and hearing or feeling or experiencing something that we don't feel when we're in the nine to five job. We don't feel this normally when we're driving down 99, listening to music, even if it's worship music, it's never to this magnitude. It's a different dynamic. You and I think that when we come into a building like this, or if we, if we see something that's big and is powerful and is showing God's power, that that's the goal, that that's the, that's the experience that I want. We want that experience of God's presence like that. But you know what God wants? God says, what I give you on a Sunday morning or soon to be Saturday night, it's so temporary. It only lasts for an hour. What God wants he wants you to know his presence permanently. He doesn't want you to know his presence just once in a while. He wants to go with you everywhere that you go. At prayer Thursday night, one of the ladies said, God wants us to know, get this, the present presence of God all the time. For God to know that God's presence is with us in a continual way all the time. That's what God is after. You and I get it backwards, the temporary versus the permanent. And it's kind of funny when you think about it, really. Because if you read the Bible, you see that Jesus refers to you and me in a kind of a weird way. He uses a lot of analogies to try to get us to understand the dynamic of us and God. One of the analogies that God uses is he calls us the bride of Christ. He literally says in Scripture that 
the church is the bride of Christ, meaning that he wants us to think in terms of a marriage relationship to some degree so that we will be ready and prepared and honor the relationship that we have with Jesus. Now, I want to ask you, those of you in this room that are married, how healthy of a marriage would you have or how good of a marriage if you had if you only had one hour a week for visitation? Well, if you guys were here last week and you heard Danny's jail stories, then you know that if you were locked up in the clink, visitation is like really, really special, but it's really, really rare. Not that that happened. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to make reference to like Danny and visitation, but I'm just saying, you know, jail. It's not good. It's not healthy, right? You guys all say, yeah, that's not what I want. I don't want a marriage where I only have an hour a week to have a visitation, right? And to talk and communicate and try to create a whole dynamic around an hour a week. That's not right. That's not going to work. It's kind of funny and stupid when you think about our relationship with God. And we're like, God, we want to experience your presence for one hour a week. We're the bride of Christ. Marriage isn't going to work too good if that's the way that we, uh, that we take, take it. You and I have to come to a place to where we just say, I'm not going to settle. I am not going to settle for a once a week awareness of God's presence. I'm not going to settle for that. Once a week? Really? No. I'm not going to settle for going to church to know God. I'm not going to settle for going to listen to some guy talk to me and tell me what God has to say. No, I'm not going to settle for that. I'm not going to settle for somebody else telling me what the Bible says or what the Bible means. I'm not going to settle for that. I want to know my God. I want to have a relationship with God. I want to know what he has to say directly to my heart. I'm not settling for once a week anymore. I don't know about you, but I think that until we come to that place to where we realize that God has something so much more than just a once a week deal, the continual presence of God is something that we're not going to know anything about. We've got to know him like that. There is something so cool about this whole thing that you and I get to experience knowing God. See, when Jesus came... And he did what he did here on this earth and he promised the disciples and he promised us that when he left and went back to heaven, he was going to send the Holy Spirit to be with us all the time. One of the things that came with it was he said, I'm going to make you brand new. That was one of the promises that God said, I'm going to make you new. And a few weeks ago, we had a chance to talk about that, but I want you to see the promise that God made long before Jesus ever came. In Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 25, this is what God was saying through a prophet about what Jesus was going to provide for you and me. He says, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. Listen to this promise. He says, and I will give you a new heart with new and right desires. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony heart of sin and give you a new obedient heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will obey my laws and do whatever I command. 
I don't know about you, but I have always thought that my heart was broken and dirty and wrong. Matter of fact, there's even places in Scripture where David is crying out to God and he says, you can't trust your heart. It's wicked and deceitful. Your heart will lead you astray. And I felt that. I felt that in my life growing up. But you know what I have discovered through the brand new promises of the covenant that Jesus came is that he got rid of that old, broken, dirty heart and he filled me with a brand new one that wants to please God. You know what? I can trust my heart now. I can trust my heart because Jesus gave me his. He put his heart inside of me. And if you call yourself a follower of Christ, if you call yourself a believer, then it's time that you start owning the truth, which is Jesus has put his spirit inside of you. He has given you a brand new heart. He has given you a brand new spirit. And he wants to show the world around you what that looks like. Everywhere that you go, he wants his presence to go. Your heart, if you belong to Jesus, is not wicked. Your heart, if you belong to Jesus, is not untrustworthy. Your heart, if you belong to Jesus, belongs to him. And as you live him and allow his life to flow through you, and as you allow his spirit to come out of you everywhere that you go, you will experience the presence of God. You will experience the tangible knowledge that God is right there with you. Have you ever been ignored? Have you ever been ignored by somebody? How does it feel? It stinks, doesn't it? We've got this whole dynamic going on in my house right now. I have adolescent children, in case you didn't know. And at some point in an adolescent's life, they want to show you that they have the power to ignore their parents. So you ask them a question, this is how it works. You ask a question, they just keep walking. You ask them, did you hear me? They just keep walking. No reciprocation, no response, just keep walking until the third time you scream at the top of your lungs and threaten them with bodily harm. And then it's like, what? I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Come on. It's kind of funny in some ways, as long as it's not your kids doing it to you. I woke up this morning, and I don't want to be weird on you guys, and I don't want to be like super spiritual or anything like that. I'm just a normal guy who wants to know God. This morning I was praying, and I swear to you, I felt God say to me, my people won't take me anywhere. And in my mind, I thought of a friend of mine who was taking care of their grandpa, elderly grandpa, who when you would go over to their house, he couldn't do anything. He couldn't go anywhere unless somebody helped him. They had to physically pick him up and move him from one location to the next. It was completely helpless, completely powerless, could not do anything on their own unless somebody would assist him. 
And in my mind this morning as I was praying, I saw this picture of God like that old man sitting in the corner and you and I in our lives being so crazy busy doing what we do and God is saying, my people won't take me anywhere. I know God talks to me crazy things sometimes, but what he was saying to me was they don't understand. They don't get the fact that I'm present. They don't get the fact that I want to go where they go. I want to be involved in what they do. I want their lives to be about me in everything. I was just sitting there just going, oh, my gosh, really, God? I, I don't want to do that to you. I don't want you to feel like the old man in the corner that we ignore. God, I want you to go with me. I want you to go with me everywhere. In a couple minutes, we're going to take communion. I've asked Brother Dave to bless us this morning with the gifts that he's given, been given. He's going to sing a song for us or two. And we're going to open up our hearts. And we're going to connect with Jesus this morning through one of the ways that Jesus gave to his church to respond to the love that he's shown to us. You see, when we pick up this cup, it's just, it's just grape juice. When we pick up these, these small pieces of bread and we dip them in the cup, when we take this basket and we offer our offerings and our tithes and our offerings to God, all of these things that we're doing, when we open our hearts up and we sing to God in response to his love, all of these things that we're doing are a way that we're responding to God and recognizing what he means to us, recognizing the love that he's shown to us, recognizing and saying to him, God, I'm not going to ignore you. God, I'm taking you with me. God, I'm responding to your love. God, I want to be a part of what you're a part of. And if you have to, as a reminder this morning, think of the old man sitting in the corner that you walk past, make the choice to go and get him. Make the choice to include him. Make the choice to have him be a part of your life because God wants to go where you go. So this morning, as we participate in communion, let it be out of a heart that says, God, thank you. God, I respond. God, yes. God, I know what you've done for me. And God, I want to be a part of it. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead and let's take communion together. You've been listening to GravityChurch.com.